Michael Pickering here talking about our famous question. What's going on in the world today? And today we got that lo-fi regional edition of Asian News coming at you. Out in Sri Lanka, we went to the government website to see what's what with what. Since the president, who was overthrown by massive protests and went into exile in Singapore, then flew to Thailand, and now is back in the country... So we wanted to see, what's this new government saying about all this going on? So we went to the website. We went to the media corner of the Sri Lanka government website, and it was empty. Like there was nothing there. It's almost as if the government created a media corner section and then forgot to add media and news to this tab. Curious, don't you think? Or maybe, maybe they just aren't saying anything official since the government is such in flux. This is curious to me, very curious. But what about out in Bhutan? Let's check them out, see what's going on. So I was surfing their page and I couldn't find a media section at all. But I did find a section on their constitution, which intrigued me. So me being me, I checked it out and I found out that their first democratically elected parliament created the constitution in 2008. And I was like, really, really? Bhutan just democratized less than 20 years ago? And no, I don't know everything about every country, lo-fi listeners, 200 countries out there. Yes, I got some gaps in my knowledge. Now you know. But so I did a little more research and I found out Bhutan right now has a Freedom House score of a 61 out of 100, which is partially free but close to that free range. But in 2006, before this constitution, they had a 29 out of 100, a not free. But then 2008 to 2009, when they switched and they had this constitution and that democratically elected parliament, they went from a partly free to a 43. So from a 29 to a 43, and then they kept going up and up and up all the way to this year where they have a 61 out of 100. And this is really cool, looking at the data and looking at the events in Bhutan, because they are actually democratizing today. Like, so many countries right now are experiencing democratic backsliding. But Bhutan? They're democratizing. Eyes open on Bhutan, people. Cool stuff going down. Now, off to Nepal, my friends. Nepal, home of Mount Everest. And screw the internet and all the sites that say, oh, you know, on the border of China and Nepal is where Mount Everest is. Bullshit. Mount Everest is a thing. You can't be on the border. The border doesn't run exactly on Mount Everest. No, no, no. This is tech companies panhandling to China, not wanting to piss them off. So China claims it. Nepal claims it. Where is it really? People, Mount Everest is in Nepal. All right, right, just saying. So, so, anyway, off to the Nepal government website I go, right, right? And I go to their press release section, and September 18th was the last one that they had. But hey, at least they had something there. But September 18th, what was going on in the press release section? It said that Nepal was going to the United Nations General Assembly meeting in New York, and they were going to talk. And talk. And that's it. Literally, the press release for this was three sentences long. So what does that say about the website and the government of Nepal? Question mark? They don't really use it? 
Maybe, maybe a little bit of a pattern here. Let's see, let's see. Next off to Mongolia. And I gotta tell you, my favorite Asian country that sits between Russia and China. Yes, indeed. And on Monday, October 17th, the Mongolian Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs met with their counterpart of the Finland government, the Undersecretary of State for International Trade of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of Finland. Goodness, that's a great, long job title. I dig it. I dig it so much. So this was an, a recent press release on an actual government website from Mongolia. I was like, yeah, we got something. We got something. They had some pictures. But, you know, what was going on? Well, it said that they talked about foreign affairs, economics, global issues, and all went well and gave absolutely no details about anything. Like, really, this was like three or four pictures with a sentence under each one. And it was like, wow. All right, recent news, but not really any details. And I was wondering, good grief, doesn't anyone use the Internet for their government websites? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, you know, let's go to a last piece of news to send you on your way for the day. To Bangladesh we go. And did you know Bangladesh used to be called East Pakistan? Gained independence in 1971, just 51 years ago. Anyway, now this, I got to tell you. This was a fun-looking website. There was so much color to it. It was like greens and golds and purples. And I mean, I really dig this one so much. It, was, it could very well be. I think it does. This is my favorite government website from, from this point on. And yes, I know how that sounds. Who has a favorite government website? This nerd right here does. At me in the comments. But there I go. You know, I'm off to the news section. And the most recent news items, you know, is from 2018. I was like, what? So, okay, you got a news section, and it got news in it, but your most recent one is from 2018? But then I say, okay, okay, let me check something else out. They have an e-services tab. So, you know, government services that have online components to them. So I go, and I click it, and it was an empty tab. Like, you can click on it, and it takes you to all emails, e-services in Bangladesh, but there isn't anything there. And you know, this got me really thinking that not too long ago, we, we did the most connected and least connected countries in the world, you know, internet domestication rates, right? Percentage of the population that are connected to the internet. And I was thinking, goodness, we have five countries here in a row in one region that their media resources on their government websites kind of lacking. So I figured, hey, let's check out the International Telecommunications Union website and see what's the internet domestication rates in these countries. How much of the population actually use the internet? Maybe this can help explain why the government doesn't use the internet. And what I found is that Bangladesh, in 2020, only 25% of the population were internet users. I was like, okay. I was like, maybe that's exactly why the government of Bangladesh just says, no, we're not going to use it. Then I was like, all right, let me check Mongolia. 63% of the population are internet users. Nepal, 38% of the population, internet users. Bhutan, 54% of the population, internet users. And Sri Lanka, 35% of the population are internet users. And so for some comparative perspective, the UK is 95% and the US is 91%. So to me... This suggests that the governments of these countries don't invest that much time or effort into keeping up their media or news sections on their government websites 
because most of the population in Bangladesh, Nepal, Sri Lanka, they're not internet users. And Mongolia and Bhutan, just over half the population are internet users. And I mean, when you think in terms of the population don't use the internet, why would the government invest in it? Kind of makes sense. And really, Mongolia, Mongolia is the one with the highest internet domestication rates of all five countries. And they're the only one that had really updated news on their websites. I doubt that's by chance. You know, it's a big old world out there, lo-fi listeners. And this, this was just a small piece of Asia. And that's a brief snapshot of what's going on in the world today. Check out lofipolyside.com. Check out our Instagram event called What's My Age Again? And it's not a cliche or a catchphrase. It's a lifestyle. Always remember that lofi poly is more than just me. It's the we that we be. Pickering, signing off. <laughs>